Hi everyone, and another very warm welcome back to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for mental health, love, and compassion. We're so glad you could join us again. My name is Caroline Heim, and I'm sitting right here with Dr. Christian Heim. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about dopamine and the brain. Now, this episode is part of a three-part series on pleasure and addictions. Okay, so let's have a brief summary of the overall structure of what we're looking at first. All right, so we're looking at the relationship between pleasure and addictions because we want the pleasure, we don't want the addiction. So the basic premise that I'm putting forward in this three-part series is that if you go for the pleasure first, you may find misery and pain. But if you connect your pleasure with purpose, you'll have a winner for your brain. And I'm kind of proud of that because it rhymes, you see. <laughs> okay. Um, today? Okay. So today, today we'll be looking at connecting your brain's pleasure with your mind's purpose. Last week, we actually connected pleasure with your future purpose. Here, we'll look at your brain and your mind and how we experience pleasure in our brain. We'll look at dopamine. We'll look at the limbic system. And the most important thing is that we will look at why nature wants us to feel pleasure because there's actually a purpose in having pleasure in the first place. But first, I want to introduce you to some horse. Horse? Horse, yes. Horse riding. I love watching the Olympic Games, particularly the equestrian events. For me, it's just amazing looking at how a person can be so at one with their horse that they will give a horse just a little nudge and then horse knows exactly what to do. Now, the thing is this, the rider is always in control. And if you treat your brain like a horse, you will see that your brain, like a horse, can have a mind of its own, but you have to stay in control. I'd rather talk about a donkey, but let's talk about how can your brain be like a horse? All right, your brain can be like a horse, in a few ways. A horse and a donkey mm. can do things that waste your time. They want things. They want to run after other horses or other donkeys. They may just want to stand there and eat grass. They may want to go for a drink, okay? Uh, now, the thing is, when you're on a horse, you have to take the reins. You have to gently but firmly lead it. Now, your brain is very much like that. It can want to do things that aren't good for you, all right? It might want you to have just another helping of ice cream. It might want you to go for the amphetamines. Or it might want you to have sex with your best friend's partner. Okay, these are things that your brain wants. But you, the rider, your mind, you get to choose whether you do these things. But it'll cost you. Ice cream will mean more weight. Amphetamines means feeling washed out and in the future you might end up with Parkinson's disease. Sex with your partner may feel good for a short time, but you'll lose your best friend. So your brain is like a horse. Big wants consequences there. Oh yeah, big consequences. But your brain wants pleasure and we enjoy the pleasure, but you have to ride it. You have to stay in control, gently but firmly take the reins and lead your brain where you want to go. Actually, why does our brain want things that are not good for us? Pleasure. Dopamine. Dopamine feels so good because it mediates the feeling of pleasure. And our brain wants it like a horse that wants to do its own thing. 
here's the thing, our brain is wired to want pleasure and get away from pain. And there's a very important reason for that. Because it feels good, right? Yes, yes. But nature wants more. It wants to keep you feeling good for a whole lifetime. Nature wants you to survive. Survival again. Yeah, well, it's one of nature's bottom lines. And for a scientist, all pleasure is connected to the purpose of survival. So here's a bottom line. Pleasure actually helps you survive. How is pleasure connected to survival? So I want you to imagine you're out in the desert. Yeah. You're on this horse. You've been riding for days. You haven't had water for over a day now. You're getting really thirsty. You're getting really tired. The horse is getting really thirsty, getting really tired. You're fearing for your life now. You have to find water. At the first trickle of water, the horse is going to bolt for that water. And you are going to find that water and you are going to drink that water. And so is the horse. And you and the horse are going to experience immense pleasure at having your thirst quenched. It's going to feel so good. Nothing is going to feel as good as that drink right there and then because that is life-saving drink. And the pleasure that you get from that is nature's reward for you doing something that's good for your survival, finding the water and drinking it. So everything in nature, the pleasure that you get is there for the purpose of survival. The pleasure of tasty food encourages you to eat. It's healthy for your body. It helps you live. The pleasure of sex, orgasm and closeness, it encourages you to indulge in sex. It keeps you connected with a partner and it gives nature a chance to spawn a future generation if you want that or not. The pleasure of love and friendships, feeling warm and understood, this encourages us to be together and be in harmony with each other. And that's for the purpose of social cohesion, enjoying life and ultimately survival. Even pleasures like laughing, playing, relaxing, enjoying music and participating in sport, it all encourages us to keep doing those things. They're good for our physical, mental and emotional health, for relationships and for a long life. And guess what? It's connected to collective survival. Even the work that we do, if your job is to make the sale, to do some cooking or to make a scientific breakthrough or getting a good idea, any work, the pleasure that you have is a sense of achievement when you make the sale or whatever it is. It's connected to the purpose of helping other people and, well, furthering the human race in some way. And this is all good for an enjoyable life and for our survival as a species. It all comes down to survival. So it's really good. We're going essentially back to nature. So nature itself connects pleasure and purpose. Nature connects pleasure and purpose. That's it. The difficulty is that all these things take effort first. To eat, you've got to grow stuff, harvest it, transport it and prepare food. To enjoy loving sex, you have to find and work on a relationship. To have friends, you've got to cultivate friendships. Even to enjoy music and playing sports, you've got to work on a skill first. And to contribute by making the sale or whatever it else you do, you've got the effort of finding a job, the effort of turning up, studying for it, all before you get to that pleasure of making the sale. Still, the pleasure is worth the effort. Yes. Clearly. Clearly. 
That's why you've got to keep pleasure and purpose connected. Your brain is the horse. It feels the pleasure, but your mind is in control. If it rides your brain, gently leading it in the direction that you want to go, it has the purpose. Okay, but it takes effort to get more pleasure. And this drives you forward into the future to get more pleasure. You'll need to keep putting in the effort, working on your relationships, playing your sport, cooking your food or whatever it is. And the pleasure and the satisfaction that you get afterwards makes you go, oh, it's good. I think I'll do that again. Okay, so keep up the effort because the pleasure's worth it. Yeah, no, I know that sounds like a bit of a downer, all right? Well, it just sounds more like a cliche. Like a cliche? Yeah. What, that it takes effort and skill? Mm. Yeah, but it does. Mm. And we get into trouble when we actually uncouple it, all right? Yes, it keeps an effort and skill to keep a horse on track, okay? But if we don't do it and we disconnect the pleasure and the purpose, this is when we get into trouble, all right? And this is what we do particularly with drugs and with sex, right? Drugs is the ultimate pleasure experience. You get a lot of pleasure when you take something like cocaine, ecstasy, or speed. But the whole purpose of drugs is just pleasure. There is no other purpose in drugs. And so, yes, it's a lot of pleasure, but it sends you down the road of pain. And for thousands of years, we've been trying to get the pleasure of sex without the purpose of sex. And I got to say, we get ourselves into a lot of mess and cause a lot of pain to a lot of people by doing that. But rather than using those examples, I'll use the pleasure of sweet taste. Should we go for Tim Tams or something else this time? Um, candy, I think, lollies. Candy, lollies. All right. So candy and lollies taste good because they're made of carbohydrates. And I don't think I've ever met a carbohydrate I didn't like. Right. Now, the pleasure in carbohydrates, the sweet taste of carbohydrates is there to encourage you to eat more. Fruit, bread, honey, nutritious calories, good for health, good for survival. But here's the thing. We humans, we like the taste, all right? So we tend to have more than we need to, and we store the rest as fat. So we've come up with this wonderful invention, artificial sweeteners. They've got to be better because you can get the taste, well, almost, and you can eat heaps of something without storing it as fat. This has to be a win, right? Pleasure without purpose, yeah? So we're talking about like Diet Coke and sugar-free ice cream and things like that. That's that's what we're talking about. Diet Coke, all of the diet substances, anything that uses those artificial sweeteners so that we can get the taste without the calories. But there are problems. Artificial sweeteners are associated with weight gain, strangely enough, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart problems, headaches, and a threefold increased risk of stroke and dementia. Whew, that's high. Yeah, that's as bad as smoking. Doesn't sound good. No, it isn't. It isn't. And it's all because we're disconnecting the pleasure and the purpose, which means that we've got side effects and hidden costs. Now, if we go to something like drugs, the hidden costs, they're much more significant, all right? They include death by overdose. Gambling and porn, they're also there to disconnect the pleasure from the purpose, 
okay? And the cost can include broken relationships, financial ruin, and, hate to tell you guys, but erectile dysfunction. Okay, so how does all this happen in the brain? Erectile dysfunction? No. <laughs> well, I suppose that happens in the brain too. Well, no, it ha happens a bit lower down. So how does it happen in the brain, all of this? Okay. Brain chemicals. Neurons talking to each other. Your neurons talk to each other through electric signals, but then chemical messengers at the end. And brain chemicals, such as dopamine, are the way that neurons talk to each other. Now, some of these brain chemicals can bring you up and some can calm you down. We're talking about dopamine. Dopamine is the brain chemical that mediates your experience of pleasure. And it happens in your limbic system. So dopamine and pleasure. We're finally talking about the wonderful dopamine that everyone loves. Yes. Basically happen in the limbic system. In the limbic in the system. Yeah. Now the limbic system is down inside, getting close to the middle of the brain. And limbic means border. It kind of borders your neocortex. And inside your limbic system, which is a very complex system, you have what's called the reward pathway. Now, you might remember that I was talking about using pleasure as a reward for doing something. That's exactly how nature sets it up. You get a reward for doing something that's good for survival. And here's how it works. Basically, as far as we know, dopamine is released in the ventral tegmental area that's in there in the brain somewhere. And the pleasure chemical dopamine then moves to a place called the nucleus accumbens, where, as far as we know, we experience pleasure because of the release of dopamine. Now, it isn't just pleasure that dopamine is there for. It's also for learning and memory. Yeah, but learning takes effort quite often, a lot of effort. Pleasure and learning don't seem to go together. Yeah, I understand it sort of looks that way. You sort of think that the learning stuff is the hard stuff, but the pleasure is what we want apart from that. But they're, in the brain, they're actually wired together. The brain is wired for you to experience pleasure to help you survive and learn. So let's get back on our horse with no name out in the desert. Good to be out of the rain. And we found the water. Now, it's not just the pleasure that we get from that water it will be imprinted on our memory where we found that water, thanks to the dopamine release. You will never forget that spot for water. And why? So that you can survive in the future. So a lot of the most pleasurable events in our life are imprinted in our memory thanks to dopamine and the pleasure that we experience. So for example, you remember the foods that you like and the ones that you don't like you tend to remember your 21st birthday. You tend to remember your first kiss. You remember the first time that you were on an airplane. And you tend to remember the feeling that you had when you really achieved something in your life and you felt good about yourself. That's all mediated by dopamine. Ah, okay. So if pleasure is good for survival, drugs are a big pleasure, so they must be good for survival. That's the logic. <sighs> I like the way you think. Okay. <laughs> Okay, unfortunately, there's, there's just a little flaw there, okay, because drugs are designed to hijack your brain's reward system. Drugs get right in there to the reward system where dopamine is manufactured and they are 
purpose made to release a lot of dopamine. So it actually gives you the pleasure without any purpose. And here's the thing. If you try a drug like an amphetamine, it gives you a big pleasure hit. And you remember that, which is why for so many people who have had drug addictions, all of life seems boring to them because they remember the pleasure that the drug gave them. And this is the tragedy of drugs. You're not only seeking pleasure, it gets to the stage where you're craving a drug to get away from bad feelings. Smaller dopamine hits are good for survival. Food, water, resting, singing, dancing. Sex is a pretty big dopamine hit. And they all have a purpose. Food and water help you survive. Sex produces a future generation. Singing and dancing creates social cohesion. It's all for survival. The thing is that when we learn to manufacture amphetamines in a boot of a car, we are able to give ourselves big dopamine hits. And it puts your dopamine system in your limbic system into overdrive. The world feels good for a short time. And then you come down. And instead of feeling good, you actually feel bad. Your brain then craves drugs. Then you know you're on your way to an addiction. Giant pleasure, no effort, no purpose, crave more. Empty pleasure, totally empty pleasure then drugs. Well, it, it can actually get to the stage where the drug is not giving you any pleasure, but it's just stopping you from having pain. Mm. And that is actually really, really sad. And look, Life really is more than a few hours of pleasure. It's about feeling good for as long as you can, both now and in the future. And unfortunately, that also takes effort. Ah, back to effort. So let's talk effort. All right, let's talk effort. Let's talk a big dopamine hit like amphetamines. Let's talk another big dopamine hit, winning Wimbledon, the tennis tournament. Okay. They are both big dopamine hits. The amphetamine is a lot of pleasure, but you experience it by yourself and your life does not go forward at all. And you have rewarded yourself for nothing. So there is no incentive to go forward with it at all. However, if you are a tennis player who has worked hard for years and years, you've had some wins along the way, some losses along the way, you've learnt a lot, when you win a tennis tournament, and it doesn't even need to be as big as Wimbledon, you get a big dopamine hit that has rewarded you for all the effort. And after you hold up that trophy, your brain says, I'll have a bit more of that, thank you. I'm going to keep putting in effort. Putting in effort is worth it. And here's the thing, your life drives forward. Your future self gets more and more pleasure. Whereas with the amphetamine your future self gets robbed and only gets pain. Stolen lives. Stolen lives, yes. That's a good way of putting it. And so many people have told me that they have had beautiful sons or daughters whose lives have been stolen by addictions. In fact, people themselves have told me that addiction has stolen their lives. They get really angry about it. And if they can do something about it and put in the effort, they get rewarded by being able to lead their brain, like a good rider, leads their horse. And to do that, you have to keep your pleasure connected to purpose to keep your future self happy. Delaying gratification. Yes. I'm going to tell you a story about 
Ali. Ali is 22. She started taking ecstasy. Then she ventured into crystal meth. And then she had crystal meth in combination with heroin, what she called a speedball. And she liked it. She liked it very much. It gave her a lot, a lot of pleasure. So much so that she would do anything to get that feeling again. In fact, she would do anything with any man who would pay her. She was sexually assaulted several times. And then she came to me and she said, I've got to get off this sort of stuff. I know I've got to beat this. She was lonely. She had been abused and she was addicted. She's another person who wanted pleasure but ended up in pain. Now, here's the thing. She feels so much better now because she's able to control the drugs. She, like a good rider, is able to control her brain's cravings that acts like a horse that wants to goof off sometimes and be in control. And there are times when she wants to go back to the methamphetamines together with heroin. But she's now working as a travel agent and she doesn't want to give that up. She doesn't want to go back to that place of addictions. Whenever she feels bad or lonely, that's what we work on. We work on a way through feeling bad or lonely so she doesn't have to go back to the drugs. So what does she do then when she's feeling bad or lonely? She keeps her mind in charge of her brain, like a rider keeps in charge of a horse. She experiences cravings and they're hard, they're bad, but she considers it a small price to pay for a much happier life. She learned horse riding. Yes, she did. She connected pleasure in her brain with purpose in her mind, like a rider gently but firmly leading her horse. So glad you could stop by. We'll catch up with you again next week when we talk about linking pleasure with purpose and give you some really practical techniques.